welcome to Nerd Nebula, episode 15. I am your host, Raz, and as always, joined by my co-host, Jacob. Hello. <laughs> okay, okay, let's, let's just drop the act there. Welcome to Nerd Nebula, episode 15. We got a few things to talk about this time, Jacob. Some big news, some big development. Yeah, some things happened and they came out of nowhere. Some things should happen and some things that are going to happen. Yeah. I want to go in straight into Borderlands 3 because uh, we've both been playing it for quite a while now. Yeah, it's been out for a couple of weeks and we've both been going pretty hard on it. From what you've told me, you've literally just finished the game. About five minutes ago, I defeated the final boss, yes. Oh, was it hard? It wasn't super duper hard. It was just tricky to remember which moves were doing which patterns, and it just took a very, very long time. I had to take a break and go to the bathroom in the middle of the fight. Wow, that's a pretty long fight. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't finished a game like you, but I definitely am really enjoying it. The gameplay and the loot is the best the series has ever been. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I find I'm feeling a little bit less ecstatic when a legendary drops, but because of the way that the leveling works, it's going to be relevant for five to ten levels, and then it's going to be pretty much useless again, unfortunately. I'm sure they'll do some balancing patch or or something in the future too, and show the smooth gameplay. But I've seen a lot of people complain about the story. Like I've seen a lot of people complain that the story took a few steps back from 2 and the pre-sequel with Handsome Jack and that the new villains or even all the characters are just unlikable. I cannot agree with that. I have seen a little bit about that and no. I I reckon it's one of the best stories in the series. A lot of YouTubers say that this is the worst story that Borderlands has ever made. They say that the Calypso twins are just annoying, unlikable fucks. All the characters are... They're the main protagonists. You're not meant to like them. The main antagonists. Yeah. In contrast with Handsome Jack, they say like he was such a layered villain. In comparison to him, the Calypso twins are just a um, parody of um, Twitch streamers with the whole like like follow and obey thing. Yeah, yeah, I can I can understand where they're coming from, but also Handsome Jack had what three games to to have his story built up. Like he's yeah. had a lot more put into him than the Calypso's twins did. These guys have only been around for this game. They, I, they were I guess, completely unknown until this game. I guess the story just... Because the majority of the people who are complaining about the story are from America. So I'm guessing this story just doesn't appeal to American audiences because I've seen people from Australia and Europe who really like the story. Yeah. I'm guessing Americans just don't like really loud and obnoxious people, which I find really ironic. Yeah, yeah. I haven't finished the story yet. I'm about halfway through because I was sick for like a good week and a half. And yeah, just yeah. And just looking at the screen just gave me a bit of a fucking headache. I do plan to finish it soon. Where about to you up to? Uh, I just met Maya, the siren from 2. All right, yeah, yeah. So you'll be about a third of the way through, I'd say? Maybe a bit more. So maybe like, yeah, just under halfway, I think. Yeah, yeah. Where would you rank it in comparison to the other games? So that includes the first one, Borderlands 2, and the pre-sequel. Oh, um, I was afraid of getting asked this question. I would have to rate it 
higher than two, just under one. So probably on par with pre-sequel. I, I enjoyed pre-sequel because it had a few other elements to it that you didn't get in two. But I really, really enjoy number three. I've yet to give like a full score because obviously I haven't finished it. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely liking it more than two and i never played the pre-sequel so that's that's uh, all you have to mate it's so much fun yeah well i have the um handsome collection i just have to get around to playing it i definitely plan to play the pre-sequel after i finish three what score would you give it if you were to give it a score just one out of ten oh i'd say it'd be an 8.75 out of 10 it's got some things that it needs to work on for me to give it anything higher but it is a very very good game all right all right 8.75 that's a very specific score it's just under being a nine it's it's almost really like it if it fixed some of the issues that i've been having with like connectivity and lag in the menus and skipping videos Uh like i missed chunks of story because the videos wouldn't load which is quite frustrating the game came out with quite a few issues like it had some teething issues it had some teething issues like getting patched out slowly but if they could speed that up they recently released a patch which fixed some of the performance issues not all but uh, they say they will add more patches as time goes on. That's one of the reasons why I couldn't play it while I was sick. The, the, the frame rate was so choppy that just looking at it just made my eyes hurt. Yeah. I've played it a bit now after the patch and it looks, it looks more smooth. So hopefully they will improve that more and more. Yeah, yeah. And there seems to be a bit of an issue with uh, people's banks being wiped. So people That's... are putting legendaries and stuff away to, to stockpile for either later characters that they're going to play or whatever, and the entire bank is being wiped, which hopefully they fix that issue. Isn't that just for the PC? Uh, it happened to people on PS4 as well. Oh, shit, okay. The, uh, the game had problems, and I would have gladly waited like two more months if they needed more time, but I guess... 2k wanted the game on shelves as fast as possible and we'll get to 2k eventually Mm. to talk about shit they're doing but since we're on the topic of video games let's talk about the last of us 2 yeah i'm very excited to uh pick up that as soon as it drops i'll be on the 21st of february 2020 we finally have a fucking release release date. date and to celebrate that they're making it playstation plus game of the month for october uh the last of us remastered yeah yeah the first one remastered sorry not not the second one have you played the um first one i have i have not completed the entire story because i was playing it uh at a friend's house that i was staying at for i think i was staying there for a week and played it yeah Um, yeah. and played played a good chunk of it and saw a good chunk of it being played and all that sort of thing but i never got a chance to actually properly finish it so i'm I'm looking forward to going back and seeing how the whole story plays out it's definitely worth at least two or three playthroughs it's a bit of a heart wrencher that one oh yeah part two was first announced in 2017 i would say and then in 2018 they made that big press release at e3 where they showed the demo and all that and then since then there's been none a peep on the subject of the last of us 2 i'm happy that they finally are addressing when the game is going to be released how it's going to play it's going to be a single player experience only as in contrast with the first one which had a multiplayer component yeah Uh, because they said they want to do a a tight single player narrative experience and they just want to focus on that which i'm glad because i never played the multiplayer aspect of 
The Last of Us. I just play this for the story. Yeah, yeah. Ellie's going to be the main character, which uh, was alluded to a few times through the first one where you get to play as her. And yeah, uh, yeah. and Joel seems to be the the support character, or he's only going to be in the story for a very short amount of time, just from the snippets we've seen so far. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they play it all off. I don't mind the story focusing on Ellie and Joel again. I personally would have wanted a different set of characters focusing on a different part of America or even overseas, even like in Europe or something. I guess that can be explored in further games if they choose to make further games. Yeah. Yeah. So 21st of February 2020, put that down on your calendar, Jacob. That's going to be a good month. Yeah. Yeah, that's sort of just before uh, Cyberpunk 2077 comes out, so yeah. that'll, that'll help tie me over, I think. Yeah. If I'm th- sick of all the other games that I'm buying between now and then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Last of Us Part 2 is, I think, one of three exclusives that are left in this generation. There's the, the Last of Us Part 2, there's Death Stranding, and yeah. Ghosts of Tsushima. Yeah, yeah. Which is coming out at some point next year. So they're pushing the PlayStation exclusives right until the end of the PS4's life cycle. Yeah, yeah, which I'm kind of surprised about. If you look at it back at the previous console generation, The Last of Us Part 1 came out a few months before the release of the PS4. And then a few, months, a few months after, it got a remaster. So I'm sure we'll see The Last of Us Part 2 remastered on the PS5. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we will. Have you been keeping up with uh, the um, loot box debacle and uh, arguments over in the UK? I've seen a little bit about it, but not a whole lot. Main one I saw was the new uh, Call of Duty game. Uh, weapons are going to be back in loot boxes, and everyone is kicking up a stink. That, and the UK has officially labeled loot boxes as a form of gambling because, like, games that are marketed towards children, like FIFA and NBA 2K and all that, like, their ESRB rating is G. Plus, so, you know, general for all ages. Yeah. And they have gambling mechanics in it. The UK Parliament has put this, uh, it was an 84-page report from um, different sources and different accounts. And basically EA and other companies like that, their response was, we're sorry that you felt that way. (laughs) Yeah. The law is still to be implemented where they regulate loot boxes but it seems like ea and 2k and whatnot they have no intentions of stopping unless severe government action is taken against the companies and i think even then they would try to take it to court to be like no we still want to put loot boxes into our games because we don't like just making some money we we like making all of the money at all times yeah i was watching my flatmate play NBA 2K 2020, the songs in it are censored. The songs are censored, but you can still gamble. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a weird time we're living in where some things are absolutely forbidden in games and things that should be a lot worse are... Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes no sense. It's a bad time for gaming. 
really. Like, the gaming industry has gone the same way as the music and the film industry. It's kind of become a soulless husk. Yeah. There are some pockets of light here and there that, you know, give you hope for the game industry. But as a whole, it's become a soulless factory that just produces product after product. And in that product, there's more ways to make money. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll just have to see how things go because loot boxes were only the latest iteration of companies to make money after a game's initial release. First, there were, you know, just the standalone games and then there were expansion packs. Then there were DLCs. Then there were microtransactions and now it's loot boxes. Once loot boxes finally fall out of favor, which they will, because all the other things fell out of favor too. Um, I'm sure the games industry will find a different, a different way to swindle people out of their money after the initial uh, price point. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. They'll find other ways to make money off us and then we'll be screwed again. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the fucking truth? And surprisingly, for this next story, we've had a resolution to this far sooner than I ever thought would be possible. We talked about this on the previous episode of the podcast saying, and we both said we can't see a way this is going to get solved. And then like not even a month later. I, I was hopeful that they were going to come to a, um, an agreement, but I wasn't sure. Of course, we are talking about the debacle about how Spider-Man got pulled out of the MCU, and now it looks like he's back in the MCU. Yeah, yeah. And there are a few different reports on it. Some say that Spider-Man is back for the third Spider-Man movie in the storyline, so Homecoming, Far From Home, and whatever the uh, third one is going to be. And then uh, that's it. Like, uh, Kevin Feige is going to write him out of the MCU, some other sources are claiming that, no, he's actually back for good with the new deal between Sony and Marvel is that Sony is getting 75% and Marvel's getting 25%. So that's, uh, wait, that, that doesn't make sense. 75 and 25 is 100, yep. Is it? Okay, yeah. all right. I can't maths. But anyway, yeah, 5% more for Marvel and 5% less for Sony. That's better than what it was before for Marvel. Yeah. They're saying that they are going to continue with this deal. Like I said, some other people say this is going to be the only movie and then he's going to be out. And personally, I think if they manage to reach a decision so quickly right after he got yanked out of the MCU that they're, they realize how much they fucked up and they want to keep him in the MCU for quite a while longer. I, how do I put it? I feel like this was all just a little bit of a ploy to generate some more hype about it, and he was never really going to be out of the MCU for very long. It was kind of like a threat that they were holding over Marvel because Marvel wanted way more money. And Do you think that this was more of a marketing stunt? A little bit. I feel like it was a, mar- a business tactic that probably worked. It definitely riled the entire internet up. It made a lot of people angry, some people happy, but on the whole, most people were pissed off with this um, decision. But now it seems that the boy is back. Looks yeah, like Tom uh, Holland gets his third movie. Been reported from multiple sources, including Tom Holland, that yes, we are going ahead with that third Spider-Man movie. So the um, overarching storyline between the three movies will get resolved. Good. Yeah, because that would have been a stupid way to 
to end the uh, Spider-Man uh, storyline in the MCU. Yeah. Is there anything else we were um, supposed to talk about, Jacob? I can't remember. That seems like it's about all of it this week. All that was on the plate for this episode, for episode 15. We shall be coming back with episode 16, and uh, we plan to have a more of a revamped face while in the process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, planning on uh, slaving some, away on that at the moment. <laughs> some new artwork for the um, for the podcast and uh, whatnot, whatnot. All right. But until then, episode fifteen has drawn to a close. It has indeed. It felt like we haven't been here long, but we talked about quite a lot of things. We got a lot done in this in this short amount of time. It, it, it is a shorter episode. It is a shorter episode. But we'll be back very, very shortly with some big updates. Yeah, we definitely will. Until then, I shall say as always, adieu. And I shall say as always, hail Satan. <laughs>